Jimmy Hart action figure on the webcam. It's not working out so well. Thank God you probably couldn't even hear the error screen or error screen error message. But more importantly, besides Taylor's shenanigans, is we have Ted from the Heel Truth back with us today. And it's way too long, or it's been way too long since we've had him. I know I set promises that I maybe not have kept, but welcome back, Ted. Uh, please, please, please plug whatever the fuck you have to plug, and then some. I'm going to give you another opportunity to do that, and then I'll let Taylor talk. Um, I'm just so happy to be here on Jaded Wrestling, and you can go and you can follow Jaded. You can follow at Totspod the year of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That sounds like my stick. They've even got a TikTok channel. You know, they've got everything, and you need to follow them. And you can follow me uh, at Hillbilly Hill, the Hill Truth, critically acclaimed, award-winning podcast. I am number one in Antarctica. I am the main event, even though uh, what we're going to be discussing today, there'll be some stuff at the end. But, you know, what can I say? I am the main event. And I sometimes... So, I am so glad you plugged that. I've started to plug you in like almost every episode, but to avoid a mouthful and nothing that gets edited out. I have just like kept it short and sweet. That way I don't fuck anything up. <laughs> so let's get right into it, guys. You know what we're going to talk about this week mostly. We'll probably dabble a little bit later in some other stuff. But to start, it's time for Rick. Let's get it. So we have the last match coming at the end of this week. Everybody's excited for it except for Will because he hates old people. I'm excited. Ted's excited. The world's excited. So first, we're going to start and look back at a storied career and say our favorite moments from said career. Ted, do you want to go first? Um, I have to start at the beginning. Being a uh, Flair Four Horsemen mark, um, my favorite moment, I still go back to uh, Starcade 83, a Flair for the gold when he beat Harley Race in the cage. Because to me, that was his second title reign, and they really put trust in him to and pass the torch from Harley to him. It was a great match, and that really, you know, seem, uh, just really got him being the man. I guess you could say, you know, to be the man, you have to beat the man. And that really got part of that persona, really kicked off even more. And um, to me, that that just still holds a special place in my heart. I love it. I love it. You always go old school on me. I, no matter how old I go, you go a little bit older. And I like that about you, Ted. I've got one from close to that, but a little bit longer. I'm going to go 1992 Royal Rumble. I have been re-watching the Royal Rumbles over the last few weeks just because when I go to bed, I like to throw something on in the background. I caught myself infused in the 92 Royal Rumble the other day, just the amount of star power that were in, was in it, and it's the first time that it was held for a vacant WWE championship, and the last time for 24 years. So a moment in itself that's great, but when you look at the amount of talent that was in WWE at that time, everybody that comes out, you're like Hulk, Sid, Macho Man. You know, everybody in this match was worthy of being in this match, even the Repo Man. And That's I just, I, man, I'll tell you, there is something about the Repo Man that really draws my attention. His ability to be sneaky, even when he's not sneaky, like he's walking out and he's like, where are where, they at? Where are we going with where this? Where the fuck were you during the Repo Man's run? Because he needed fans <laughs> like you. <laughs> I should have been there more for the Repo Man. And for that, I'm sorry. 
But I, I did rewatch that Royal Rumble the other day, and Jesse is just so good. Like, I just want to give Jesse a little bit of props as far as a heel commentator. Like, he's so good at being the guy that's just like, no matter what, Rick needs to win this. And it's just like, no, yeah. he really doesn't need to win this. He came in third. It's probably not going to happen. And the whole time, he's like, Rick's still in there. And it's like, I love your commitment. Thank I, you, Jesse. I need to tell you, I've been watching a lot of Clash of Champions lately, and the commentary team is like JR and fucking Jesse Ventura. And it's <laughs> absolute gold because it's a young, feeble JR before he became the JR that he still is, but I don't think he really is. But that's a whole other conversation. Mm, for old time. people slander. Did you hear it right there? He just slid a little old I, people slander in there. Do you see the gray? Do you see the gray? Okay. So I thought awesome. I think it's my turn anyway, but before I go into it, let me backpedal a little bit. Once again, I don't hate old people at all. Yes, um, Taylor's just of the opinion that I can't say anything positive about older wrestlers. It's on wax. Like, I don't know you're trying to deny it. Like, everybody here listening to this has listened to the last three weeks, and it's on wax. Like, you literally say, I hate old people. I wish old people were gone. I don't think I've used those <laughs> words verbatim whatsoever, but you know what? Let's roll with that concept. I gotta say, I, it's not that I'm not excited for Brick Flair's last match on the whole card. I said it on the last episode of the breakdown. I gave you literally how that match is going to play out. And if I'm any fucking different, please tell me I was wrong. Oh, I will. I want to hear it. Don't worry. But at the end of the day, like I've said it before, I'll say it again. Brick Flair's last match to me was Shawn Michaels kicking his fucking head off. Not only was I there in person, so it's almost like I'll try to compare it to a story, and maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. Ted, I'm assuming you do. The Chariot, they uh, broke up back in like 2012 and decided to book a farewell tour, and their last date was in Atlanta, Georgia, where they are kind of billed from. However, like once tickets were bought, plans were set in place, like a last fucking minute show was set up in like Fayetteville or something. I don't think I pronounced that right, but a town, their actual hometown, right? And so they is considered their final show because they played in their hometown amongst a bunch of people they grew up with, right? But to me, I still consider that farewell tour and the day that I saw them in Atlanta because, I mean, you had to be there. It was something special. There were so many grown fucking adults crying. It was so unnecessary, but it well, was just a special moment. Yeah, and no so matter if you Shawn think Michaels that's their last match, their real last match is in Fayetteville. Let's just be honest. Like, their real last match is in Fayetteville. And Ric Flair's real last match is going to be for Jim Crockett Promotions this weekend. Well, and that's fine and dandy, but to me, I won't recognize it. And the, I will. The history books, there's plenty of last matches or last games, this, that, and the other that aren't recognized. And I'm kind of doing the same fucking thing. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited for the undercard. I think Conrad did a really good job mm. with StarCast putting that whole event together. That whole fucking weekend is bonkers. I'm starting to wear on him, I think. I've just been beating him over the head I to respect the Conrad. On the uh, all week, I've just been like, you better give Conrad some love or we're going to fight in private. And he's like, no, fuck Conrad. And then now he's like, I kind of like Conrad. I don't really kind of like Conrad. <laughs> like I've listened to a bunch of uh, Bruce Pritchard, Conrad podcast, the one that blew him up. I don't listen to it anymore for a couple different reasons. I still think he's is it Bruce's fault or is it Conrad's fault? Because I'm going to go ahead on a limb here and just say it's Bruce's fault. I'm honestly going to say it's Conrad's fault. Dang. I don't like him as a co-host. Oh, the, <sighs> we both just hit the immediate gas button. If there was a button right now, we'd both hit it. Where me and Ted were just like... <laughs> okay, so you have to understand, I listen to a lot of Cornette podcasts. I don't know. Oh, there's the reason right there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me get it out. I don't agree with a lot of shit that comes out of that. 
But as far as like a co-host standpoint and knowledgeable standpoint, I think Brian Last serves the exact same purpose as Conrad. Disrespectful. But does it a little bit better in my personal humble opinion. Like I said, I'm not like <laughs> supporting or telling you to go listen to that. That do whatever you want to do in the shadows. I don't fucking care. He just but took a shit in a bucket and poured it on Conrad's head as he said, "If you don't believe in this, I'm sorry, but I don't really just let me pour this bucket of shit all over Conrad's head." Why do we live in this world nowadays that you can't have preference? <laughs> like I'm telling you, when you go to fucking Publix or Win Dixie or you can only Walmart, go to Win Dixie. <laughs> no, I actually don't go to Win Dixie, but that's another story for another day. I'm sorry, I just love busting your balls but that's so you're the way telling me you don't walk into win dixie and there's certain shit that you'll just buy the name brand of because it's no that much better no i only shop for generic brand only well, no i'm the asshole who will go from store to store to find the best generic brand like, nope. i'll tell you Publix, generic stone ground mustard or stone ground I, dijon mustard i, I will literally buy anything anywhere so i don't have to go to another store yesterday i bought a pack of ten dollar water can I ask $10 you, for a pack of 32 waters because I did not want to go to the grocery store. Can I ask you a question, though? Because I know a little bit about your dynamic. Are you the main food source in the house? Or are you the guy that like, hey, we forgot something and I know you're already going out or I need something else already. Will you go out and get X, Y, and Z? Yeah, that's me. I'm a, so, I'm a, a traveler for me, like Jackson Brown. I, I am the reason there is food in our house. I'll put it that way. So I have plenty of preferences. I actually got in a fucking argument uh, a couple weeks ago about Hellman's versus the Aldi generic mayonnaise. Miracle Whip. Oh, God. Okay. This is going <laughs> off the rails too quick. But anyway, no. Dukes. Dukes mayonnaise. Dukes. Okay. I Is that the one with the dog? For me no. personally, see, and Ted has a preference. Dukes and Hellman's go hand in hand. Dukes wasn't introduced to me until later in my life. Oh, was I, I thinking was, of the baked beans? I, I was raised on Hellman's. Baked beans. But honestly, when it comes to mayonnaise, I'll go with the Aldi generic all day because it's like two or three dollars cheaper and it's just as good as Dukes or Hellman's. How do you do this on every podcast? Like we start off talking about wrestling and we find our way into mayonnaise talk. You know, there, there's going to be someone who really appreciates what I'm putting out there. They're going to tweet right us. Now. They're going to be like, thanks for the conversation about mayonnaise. I really needed that today. They will. So let's get back to wrestling then. And what I was saying is like, at the end of the day, I don't want to recognize a Ric Flair match. I'm sure it'll be cool. And it's going to do a lot for a lot of people. But for me, I'm just not even going to recognize. It. I just. Well, me and Ted will be I, front row. I'm questionable about Ric Flair's last WWE run. And I think that's the perfect place to put it is his last WWE run. And yeah, I guess you consider that his last WWE match, but it's not his last match. But there are moments within that run that really didn't hold up so well compared can, to the rest of his body. Of work. Can I can I stand up to you here just one more time before we end this little segment here that we're doing? Okay. I want to just put a stop to this real quick because you're... You're a little bit in and out on wrestling right now. You've got a lot going on, and you haven't been able to necessarily take in the buildup the way that you need to take oh, in. Oh, I have. I just didn't watch the promo for 30 minutes. No, but I mean, this is a show that it, it's just like watching any show that you would watch. Right now, I'm watching The Bear on Hulu. So if, if I watch 10 minutes, the last five minutes or 10 minutes of every episode, and then try to tell you what's going on in The Bear, I'm not going to be able to tell you what's going on in The Bear. I will but I'm not going to be able to give you the ins and outs of what's going on in the bear. It's the same with this. I understand what you're saying, but if you're only watching the last 10 minutes and looking at spoilers, then you're not really getting a necessary fill of what this buildup is about because what he's doing right now is something that we don't necessarily see in wrestling right now. It's an old school buildup, which everything now is fast paced. Look for the spot. Look for the spot. Oh, let me do a flip off the top rope. That's not what this is. And for once, 
I got to stand up and say that I got to support Ric Flair here because this is wrestling TED Talk. Okay. First off, Hulk Hogan, when was his last match? Uh, God, I don't remember, but I can tell you Andre's last television appearance. Was, was it TNA? No, 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 no. I'm asking you, who was Hulk Hogan's last match against? I feel like it was against like Ric Flair and TNA. I could be wrong. No, TNA house show in London, England. Him, Sting, and Bully Ray against three of the aces of eights. When was Batista's last match? I don't remember Batista. Oh, well, I, okay. I remember bits of his last parts of WWE, at least. Um, I remember the, like, iconic fucking him coming out of wheelchair saying, I quit, I quit, I quit. But I'm pretty sure it was, like, a a pay-per-view because he quit the next night WWE and then was written off. Kevin Nash. Okay. Was that wait Booker T? Steiner wrestled some uh indie shit. All Booker three T. of them? It was a three way. No, I, that's what I'm saying. But but here's the point. So I agree. I think the Ric Flair Shawn Michaels WrestleMania was perfect. He could have ended it there, and I would have been satisfied. But Flair has admitted he messed up by going to TNA. He said he had to have the money. He was broke, so the man messed up. I didn't like the TNA run. I didn't want it. I wanted that memory of Hogan or of uh, Flair and Michaels. I wanted that too. But then TNA comes along and now here he is. And he says, I'm going to correct that for all my fans. I'm going to correct that for myself. And on top of that, you've got Jim Crockett promotions, which again, I was there when Ted Turner bought them out. They did not have anything. It just was a, a thing in the Wall Street Journal. They had bought it. They changed booking. They changed all this, and they didn't get the proper send-off. So this is for the fans. This is for Flair. This is something that now, I think now with the tag team match, I'm not worried. Andrade and Lethal will give you the high-flying, fast-paced stuff. Jeff Jarrett is one of the best workers in the business. He's going to take care of Flair. He's going to sell for Flair. He is going to bump for Flair. And all Flair has to do is, yeah, those three moves, uh, a chop, a knee drop, a a woo, and a figure four at the Mm -hmm. end. And you're right. The match will go probably the way you said it was, but it doesn't matter because it's going to be nostalgic. So now the newer fans who might have actually saw some TNA, The newer fans who are just going back and watching various things who don't even know who Ric Flair is, we can say five years from now, I watched Ric Flair's last match. And maybe it doesn't compare to Sean, but still in that legacy, I feel like it's something he needs to do. And for me, as long as he feels like he can do it, and I think the guys in there will protect him, I'm all for it because I don't want to remember the TNA. Just like I don't want to remember Jordan with the Wizards. I don't. Well, there is a lot of... Okay, so I think the build-up to this also touches on exactly what you said, Ted, with Jared saying, like, you came out there in street clothes. Like, you didn't want to be in TNA. And that is something that Ric Flair holds on his back. He, He holds that, too. He wanted that to be his last match, but it's not. It's not. Everybody makes mistakes. If you're out of money, you better go get that bread. I can't say and, oh. and just like I was saying about those other people, do you not think if Hogan was healthy enough that he would have loved to have 
went back to Vince and done something else, you know, and some of these other people that don't get that retirement, that don't get that send off. And to me, it's like Flair messed up, but he's owned up to it. So now I'm excited for it. I want to see him go out and to be honest, you know, and here I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you another little antidote here. My dad, God bless his heart. He died a few years back. He was in his seventies. He had had several heart attacks, open heart surgery. He just got diagnosed with prostate cancer, living in Virginia, lived beside his older sister, helped take care of her. And you know what? Um, January, 2018, a big snow, but my dad wanted to help his sister. And he shoveled that snow, and it ended up giving him the last heart attack. He sat on the porch and died in the chair. But would I go back and say, Dad, I didn't want you helping your sister or doing what you love doing, helping people? No, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't do that to Ric Flair either. Man, Ted, way to bring the hammer down on him, man. Better just go to sleep, Will. <laughs> Let's take a nap. <laughs> You really got me with the dad shape. My dad died at age four, uh, colon cancer specifically. So I, uh, I resonated with that more than I probably should have, but I still feel the way I feel. And by the way, I do just want to comment on something I previously mentioned, the Cornette podcast, because within this conversation, I literally got a notification. Didn't get any context to it, but someone is resharing his thoughts and saying, fuck Jim Cornette. So I could only imagine what that's going to be. So, yeah, once again, not sponsoring or endorsing that podcast, but I do have an opinion on this. He's, he's the thing is with Cornetto is he's always been exactly the same. Like people expect him to like be somebody that's like PC and kind and will like give you a back massage. And he's never going to be that guy. Like you should just expect him to be dastardly like you. I don't know why Kenny Omega would ever be surprised by anything he's ever said, because it's the exact thing he's been saying since Raw in 96. That's the reason they gave him a microphone. Because they're he like, here, go out there and talk. And they didn't give him a script. They're just like, go talk. And he did the same thing. Then he's like, I hate pro wrestling now. And it's the same thing he's saying now. It's never changed. But, and that actually kind of goes with your point. I cannot stress the execution of this is perfect. But I'm going to say one thing that opens up a whole can of worms that we're not going to really talk about today mm. is that is everything he's doing now and the perfect execution for old school wrestling fans, just like most things in this world, to get you to forget about his whole last couple of years. And that's how but, I'm going to put it. But everybody deserves a redemption arc. Do you I, agree? I do. But at the same time, there's certain things I don't think he's I'm going to give him my flowers next week after this episode. If we're going to do the week after, after this pay-per-view, I'm going to give him my flowers if it's a good match. I don't think the atonement he's giving is for the right reasons. He just, in my humble opinion, wants to have people remember the Ric Flair of old. And that's what this really is all about. Now, I'm not saying it's not perfect, but... For me, especially, like you said, you wanted to hold on to the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair thing. I was there live. That was my first wrestling event. So, so you have a me, special moment with that exactly, particular that There's nothing as much as, like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not taking a shit on it, but I don't care like an average wrestling fan does because I had, that's one of my moments my whole life is based upon. Like, my love of wrestling is, like, I got to be there and I got to watch it live to see that tear fall. Like, it's it had me a little bit differently in a formative part of my life. And do you, 
do you think you're becoming the exact same thing you hate though? Because like I've been watching the last few years as these Star Wars movies roll out, and you've always got like these old head Star Wars fans that are like, I don't want any more movies. Just give me the first three. Why'd they make the episodes? And why are these new Last Jedi movies coming out? George Lucas sucks now. And it's always the same thing. And you're kind of becoming the old head. Like it's like, you know that Batman quote, what's he say? Uh die and be a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You're becoming the old guy. You don't know it, but you're sitting in that chair rocking right now and becoming that old guy smoking a pipe. You're going to be him. You're going to be him in two weeks. Just wait. A couple different people have said that. I actually attribute a very similar version of that quote to Kurt Cobain. But nevertheless, do you want me to buy you a walker for Christmas? Please do. (laughs) Uh, Please fucking do. But no, it's not that I'm so jaded like a lot of those star wars fans like i know jaded you're you're saying it but there's got to be a reason but as far as preference goes i do prefer the older style i prefer psychology in my wrestling which i don't think there is enough these days how do you feel about jay lethal you like him i like him but how do you feel about andrade you like him i do how do you feel about uh you're gonna say you don't like jeff jared i better just stop all on my head i don't hate double (laughs) j but other than his current indie gimmick nothing for about jeff Jared has really mm. shook me to my core mm. other than his creation of impact. Wait and a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait about that. Uh, okay. You brought up impact. All right. We're good. We're good. We're good. I was going to okay. say the double J in fucking WWF back in the day was, was great. Trash. It, it was great. You're wrong, but that's okay. It's okay to be wrong once in a while. It's okay. Remember when he brought the Tennessee Titans out, man, I just want to bring them out every week. Where are those guys at? Can we get Frank white again? Wasn't that an impact? And was that <laughs> unscripted? Didn't the Titans go a little too far? I don't but care. I think this is wrestling. Sometimes you got to little, go a little bit too far with the Tennessee Titans and Frank white Maybe I'm like offended by Double J because WWE has this old long thing where they can't book anyone like kind of redneck or kind of southern right. It's Wait a minute, a- what about Jimmy Wang Yang? Oh, <laughs> You've already pissed Jimmy Wang Yang. I should Yang leave off. Jimmy Wang Yang alone. I finally have rebuilt that bridge, and now you're just here trying to slander him again. I don't fucking understand this, Taylor. I have now done wait. everything I can. Now wait. I'm not going to say they booked Trevor Murdoch wrong because I know people just like Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch was a blessing, but like, let me use the most recent example. And I still think it's so funny because now they're the NXT UK champions, or at least the last time I paid attention to them, they were uh, Brooks and Dunn. I think uh, I don't think that's their name. It's not Brooks and Dunn. It's Brooks and Jensen. We did this last time. Brooks and Dunn is a country yeah. music okay. group. Well, Neon then- Moon. It, see, yeah. it, they have such Brooks a forgettable name that <laughs> I, that I think of Brooks and Dunn when I think of that tactic. But anyway, <laughs> if I have to watch them do another fucking bear hug, I'm going to kill myself. Okay, they stink, though. Like, I agree with Ted. Uh, growing up in Indiana, I know a bunch of people that are just like the Godwins. That exists. Like, you wouldn't think it does, but I know a bunch of people that dress just like the Godwins do. And Same I know a bunch shirt, of people everything. like Brooklyn Brawler, but I'm just saying. No, you my- don't. You don't know nobody that wears 30, <laughs> 30 holes in their shirt. That dude looked like he got in a fight every time on the way to arena. He didn't even have, he had a fresh shirt when he came out the bag. It was just a t-shirt with a New York Yankees sign on it. By the time he got to the ring, the crowd had ripped him apart, tore the shirt all open, kicked him in his kneecap. He's always sweating. God, there was something about that gimmick. How was he so good at that? Like, he was just like, Vince, why don't you punch me a couple times before I go to the ring? I'm going to be honest with you. My whole mother's side is from New York They all show up with holes in their shirts. And then they'll put on a fresh white tee like nothing fucking happened. (laughs) That's how it goes. And it's like, I find myself in an argument all the time. And I know you're from the South, Ted. I'm from the South. You're from fucking Midwest. 
But apparently New York is two different states. And I've been like purposely pissing my mom off and my wife off because I keep on calling New York Garden State, yeah. which I know that's New Jersey. But my mom <laughs> is close enough to New Jersey to where it like it kind of makes sense. And then Gabby's from New York, but like the woods of New York, you know what I mean? Like upstate. So it's like to me, the Garden State almost fits New York, even though it is New Jersey, because New Jersey is just so can we get rid of it? state? So I would assume that your excitement level is at a two out of ten. Right. Well, I'd say a little bit higher, like. As far as wrestling in the coming months, it's one of the cards I'm looking most forward to. But like you had mentioned, I, I'm having a harder time keeping up with all this wrestling lately. And that's not an indictment on the wrestling that we're getting. It's well, give me a rating, on, you old bitch. Let's go three out of ten, four out of ten. All right. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll go about a six. How are you? Excited? Seven, six or seven. How are you doing, Ted? You ready for this? I'm a nine, baby. Woo! I'm loving this. Yeah. I am loving this. And, and, Will, you mentioned on the last show about the uh, quality of the production of the beatdown scene on the dock. Uh-huh. I'm ready for it. Oh, I know. I know. Especially compared okay, to the shit now, we got Flair. I know it was a higher no, quality. But, no, but here's the thing. I think it was done that way on purpose because that, to me, looked, first off, it, it was a typical parking lot beat down from Jim Crockett promotions. Second off, who was holding the camera? You make a great point. Was it just a random fan cell phone video or was it the WWE two produced fourth hidden wall, fourth dimension camera that just happens to be in the corridor? To me, when it's not as produced, it looks like, hey, it could have just been a fan. It could have just been something like that. Mm. Let my suspension of disbelief run. Let me fill in the blanks. The world is full Let of me viral have some moments, fun too. With it. So it makes more sense for a, a modern audience to go for it that way, too, because everything is built off of catching someone doing something on a viral moment. So it's very evident that I'm climbing up a hill with no fucking rocks, but I will try to get myself out nevertheless. How about this then? I can understand exactly what you're saying. Like I said, you make a great point. I think, like, for me, that was, like, very, uh, like, you know, I'm looking for the devil in the details type take. So, like, that's where I perspective. But maybe I can try to translate it to something that makes a little more sense. It's like trying to play a PS2 or a PS1 or a GameCube on a 4K TV. It looks fine and everything. But no, it is fine. It is fine. That's why what we do in this household is we play GameCube and 64 games. You can miss me with all that new shit. Well, Same with Ric Flair. I'll just have Ric Flair back next year. He can wrestle another match. Let's do speak, it again. Speaking of that, I have to actually go through all your PS2 games to find mine. <laughs> I do do. I got a couple. I got your WCW game right up there. See? So it's. I, I think that's like the best way to put it, though, is playing an older game on so a TV that's not. Let, let me throw this in, too. Let me throw this in, too. Back in 1990. I went to um, Kiss's uh, last run when Kiss was retiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about thirty of them. Since yeah, and this was like yeah, this was like nine. They were retired, <laughs> and they're retiring again. But you know what? If if I could get the original four and makeup, and they wanted to go and say it was their last run, I'd do it again. Is it I'd the original now. four again though? Aren't they all still running? I don't, I don't know who it is right. I'm now. like ninety percent sure all of them are still alive and still pumping it. See, yeah, I but see have... that, but see that was the thing for me because with Kiss, 
the first concert I ever went to, second grade, my uncle took me. Charleston, West Virginia, the original Kiss in makeup before they'd ever been unmasked. That was my first concert ever. Man. And top it off, I didn't realize until years later when I had my ticket stub, a little-known band from Britain opened up for them who hadn't really hit it yet because this was like in 78, 79. But this little-known band named Judas Priest opened for them. See, and there's so many bands like – um, but maybe – how about this? Let's try to keep it with metal. Like, I don't know if you've seen recently Pantera is doing a reunion tour, even though how yes. instead. And there's been less than stellar reaction to that. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. But like, I think Ted's been closer to being on your side on this than I have. I was ready to shove you off the cliff. But Ted might be able to understand where I'm going with this. Like my first concert was Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers. And when did uh, like most Leonard Skinner die in like 78? Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers too. Exactly. So Allman Brothers. Yeah, I saw Leonard Skinner and the Allman Brothers. Whipping post, baby. To the whipping balls. I'll tell you, I have a lot of great memories, but I don't go telling a lot of people that, like, hey, I saw Leonard Skinner because I didn't technically see Leonard Skinner. You know, nah, what I mean? you only needed to see the Almond Brothers there. You could have just moved on from Leonard Skinner. But, but, but even, but, but even like now with that, I was, I didn't want to see Guns and Roses when Slash and Duff and those guys left, and it was just Axel and uh, Buckethead. I wouldn't have went and seen them. But now. That Slash and Duff are back, and, you know, I mean, Axel's voice isn't the same, but if I had a chance, I'd go see him. Indiana you know? Great right there, that Axel was, Rose. Indiana Great. I know. One of the only five go. people to ever come from Indiana and be successful. I think really, <laughs> we'll have to end this with we agree to disagree because it's one of those things, different strokes, different folks. I understand, and not everybody's going to agree. What'd you say we about will. pizza, Ted? I love bringing back your pizza analogy every time. I, we all love pizza, but we like different toppings, different ones, you know, whether it be a tombstone, a DiGiorno, or a Little Caesars. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Whatever. I, I'm one of those people that I will fuck up a Little Caesars any time of the day. But he and won't fuck up Ric Flair's last I match. I firmly believe no. that America was built on the back of the $5 hot ready. America was built on the four horsemen, baby. Throw it up, Ted. Throw it up, Ted. Ted said it in the beginning, so I will just reiterate what he's already said. Go follow the big three at Jaded Rathlin, at Todd Pod, and at your club. More importantly, go follow Ted's podcast, The Heal Truth. Please give him your handle. At Hillbilly Heal. We sell some merch on ProWrestlingTees.com slash com slash Jaded Rathlin. Uh, you look way better in that. I know this isn't a super traditional uh, episode of the podcast, but we'll give out flowers real quick, and then we're going to get out of here, and I guess we're going to have to have you back for a three-peat, Ted. Okay. I'm with me anytime. You're giving your flowers first, right, Ted? Uh, go ahead. I'll let right. y'all. So, as you guys know, I've been revisiting old wrestling on Peacock. Shout out to Peacock. You're not getting my flowers, but I actually like you now. Um, I'm going to give them to Rick Rude and the Dangerous Alliance. I have been watching a little bit of like interesting uh, clips here and there of, in the middle of these episodes, and I have absolutely fallen for the Dangerous Alliance, especially Rick Rude. Like, my God. Paulie Dangerously was in Yes, he was. Okay, yes, yes yeah. he was. Bunch of studs. The whole damn group was studs. My God. But Rick Rude in general in that era was just, God, he's sizzling. 
Man, you can't get it off of like every time he comes on TV, I just stop what I'm doing and sit down. I'm, it's appointment television. I wish there were still wrestlers I felt like that about. Aside from FTR right now, there's not a lot. And we're going to talk about that. Don't worry. It'll get visited at some point. But at this point, I feel like you've just started the journey that I started back when we started this podcast. And now you're just venturing into the deep unknown <laughs> side. Of well, wrestling. I always think I'm going to go to bed. Let me put something on in the background. And then it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm digging deeply into promos from Dangerous Alliance. And I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's lost, lost art. But go ahead and give your flowers. Um, I'm going to give them to Jonathan Gresham for believing in himself. Hell yeah. There's a lot of controversy and not a lot of certainty about his decision at Ring of Honor. But if you haven't heard, apparently he has asked to be released from both his Ring of Honor and AEW contracts, which would mean he is now no longer a part of the second biggest wrestling promotion in uh, history. I don't know. Fuck off. But anyway, the fact that he said, hey, man, I understand that you want me to drop this title, but I firmly believe I'm the best wrestler in the world. Either I'm going to just stop wrestling altogether, which is a uh, a theory I have heard. Or he has his own he company. He's himself. not going to do that. But still, like for him to like really go, okay, like I'm not taking seriously. Like some of the best trainers, backstage producers, this, that, and the other are just people who weren't able to break in through that landscape in the way they wanted to, I guess. Fair assessment. Shout out to John. Um. I got to give flowers to FTR, man. Yeah, you Another do. Woo! Match of the year candidate. Uh, two out of three falls at the Briscoes. Um, I just loved it. You know, Cash grabbing Dax's hand so he couldn't tap out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the brotherly love there, man. I We're alive in tag team thing. wrestling. We're alive, gentlemen. Yes. Tag team so, wrestling is alive. FTR. I feel like at this point, with all the like matches FTR has had specifically this year, anyone who's doing a true like match of the year candidate uh, program is going to have such a fucking hard time, and they are going to be cursing their names. Two Brian Danielson matches, two FTR matches. Book it. Let's go. But on that, we're going to get out of here, and then hopefully you've already listened to Ted's podcast, The Truth, because we're also going to be on that. I'll talk to you later. Bye.